Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Baby, free agency is just hot and heavy right now. What, what are we going to – I guess we got to talk about some of this stuff on the show tonight, don't we? Right? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. and It was a long week since last week. We had the tampering period. We had a free – we had some hot free agent markets. We had some cold free agent markets. We have a quarterback on the move. We have a quarterback still staying put. There's a lot to talk about today, including the Carolina Panthers, who are now on the clock. Yeah. We're going to talk about that and so much more. So let's start the show. Let's do it right now. Boom. There we go. How we doing, gentlemen? Welcome, welcome. Good. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me back on for the 9,005th time. Excited yeah. to be here. It's been a weird day in the NFL so far. I, you, Seth sent out the, the show sheet um, yesterday or today, um, and usually he sends it out a day ahead of time. And this is the perfect show to send it out the day of because I, I all my notes changed halfway through the day. Well, let's let's add some context there. Ahan was a uh, he has the middle reliever. You know, we called in. I'm assuming you're a righty, but we yes. called in the righty uh, earlier today. We had a slot open, and so uh, Aditya got the show sheet last night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have filled today. out show sheets the show sheet notes yesterday. That that's the TLDR. What I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, it's been crazy. So why don't we just start it off here? I mean, we had a show on Wednesday. Uh, some momentum picked up towards the end of the week that the Bears might be trading this pick, right? This number one overall pick. And then on Friday, there it happened. So, Ahan, what were what was your reaction when the when you saw that come across the ticker that the Bears had traded the number one overall pick? First off, it's the correct move. Uh, the Bears should not have drafted a quarterback number one overall over Justin Fields. Uh, so you should trade it for value and uh, i would say the package that they got which included but not but was not limited to uh finally having a very good a very very good receiver on the team was um quite the move for the bears so good football move there um dj moore dynasty owners uh should be pissed and apparently this is a hot take because when i said this on twitter when the trade happened 
Um, I got some pushback. Um, he goes pretty laterally, regardless of what you think about Justin Fields' throwing ability, etc. The truth is Justin Fields' best attribute is running the football. So even if he becomes a good thrower of the football, there's rushes um, that's going to be probably the priority of the offense, as well as the fact that it's still a quote-unquote crowded room. And a 25% target share when there's 40 targets is very different from a 40, 25% target share when there's 20 targets. We don't know what the coaching will look like, regardless of what what the capacity of fields actually is. So if you're a DJ Moore dynasty owner, you shouldn't be celebrating this. Um, and then finally, from the Panthers' perspective, um, just some context on who would go number one overall. Um, CJ Stroud is QB one. He's the best quarterback in the class. He should be a Panther, but to give you some context, uh, the favorite to go number one overall, um, in the draft on, uh, by Vegas was Bryce Young before the trade. Then it became CJ Stroud heavily. Um, and Anthony Richardson to go number one overall. I made a tweet about this was before the trade, um, between the bears and the Panthers. Um, he was at plus four seventy five. After the trade, um, it took several hours, but he got to plus 700 when Steam picked up on C.J. Stroud being the number one overall pick. And then some books actually took down the odds when Andy Dalton signed with the Panthers, but Anthony Richardson to go number one overall is now back up to plus 350, which is interesting. Yeah, and first thing I thought of when I saw that this trade was made was that Seth is going to be so thrilled with this haul. Getting DJ Moore back along with that first-round pick next year. Um, the Bears are finally going to have Justin Fields throw to someone who's going to open up a lot of those passing lanes for him. Um, the Chicago Bears are showing their commitment to Justin Fields. It's not that sort of middle ground where maybe they take a QB, maybe they don't, or they bring in some veteran to compete with him. No, it's straight commitment to Justin Fields, and that's what you want to do when you have a young quarterback is show that confidence in him. And you have DJ Moore and you have Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, who they traded a pretty high second round pick for, but Claypool is there regardless. And that wide receiver room is starting to get built out. And from the Carolina perspective, um, Ahan laid it out perfectly. CJ Stroud's odds went up once that pick went to Carolina. I think he's the guy that Carolina goes with. I know immediately after that, um, pick was dealt to Carolina there's some rumors maybe Carolina doesn't know what they're doing or it's back on the block I think that's all smoke they know that they want CJ Stroud and there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors that are out there so the Bears for real life football they get their wide receiver one for fantasy DJ Moore not not that great but great for the development of Justin Fields and for Carolina you look to the future and you get Andy Dalton again back up to a top quarterback pick in this draft yeah exactly the bears needed that final piece to bolster that receiving core uh, you know despite what you say about chase claypool it, it i do believe we as it, i like to hate on that move and i still think we probably need to give it a little bit more time before we we call it a complete joke of a trade it was always a bad trade but if chase claypool can be a field stretcher in this offense even if he's not good for fantasy he could still be good for the bears offense dj with dj morahan you pointed out that maybe it's a hot take to say that this is a bad move for dynasty and i think that those who agree that that's a hot take are looking at it a little short-sighted because 
even if it's a pretty lateral move now, and even if the Bears pass a little bit more, DJ Moore could increase on his fantasy production this year. I don't think there's should be any question that you'd rather be tethered to an offense, a passing offense as a receiver with CJ Stroud than Justin Fields for the entirety of their career. Because as you mentioned, 40 targets is a lot different than 20 to go around. So I saw a lot of that as well at first. You know, I, I love DJ Moore. I think I'm glad he got out of the, the Panthers organization. But from a from a fantasy perspective, this doesn't necessarily do him much good. I think we're looking at virtually the same player we were looking at last year. Uh, the question that arises to the mind now with Carolina owning the number one pick and having no weapons around him and having the apparently the young QB mentor, Andy Dalton, does CJ Stroud see a snap in 2023? I, he, he probably will. I'm guessing if they, if they take him number one overall at some they, point, they, Dalton is yeah. Dalton is the starter to go into the season. I think we can all pretty much agree mm. with that, with this talent. And I, we're, we're in a similar situation with fields where there's just no talent on the team. And you're saying to yourself, do we throw him to the wolves or do we let him sit? I think at some point they're forced to play Stroud, but they're setting up their team so they can be a run heavy team that does not need to play CJ Stroud is what it seems like. So wait a minute, we have another situation where a team that drafted a quarterback has signed Andy Dalton and they're going to do this thing where it's like, okay, we're going to play Andy Dalton. We're going to start Andy Dalton. Where have I heard this before? You know, like, so it's, you know, a different philosophy, right? It might be smart, especially looking at Andy Dalton's stats from last year when we compared him to Derek Carr, you know, well, I did and said, Ooh, this might, this might not be as good as we hope for, you know, uh, Chris Olave, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see this Panthers, what they do, because if that's the plan, right. Draft CJ Stroud, let him sit. I think it's a good plan, but you also are going to have some pressure there to play the rookie. Right. And you, you saw it play out in Chicago already back when they drafted Justin Fields and that, regime was just trying to save their jobs and yada 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 we don't have to relive all of that but matt is matt tried to stray me for or get me away from what i wanted to talk about which was this trade and oh my god the bears were able to were, were able to find their wide receiver that they needed so desperately in a free agent class that didn't have very many good wide receivers we saw a couple come off the board what juju today going to uh, the Patriots and then Jacoby Myers, I believe yesterday went to the Raiders. Those were the top two options or right. Or some of the top two or two of the top two options. Jacoby Myers, I think was the best free agent wide receiver available. And you get DJ Moore, who, if he would have been a free agent, he's clearly the best free agent wide receiver. And you get a top 10 pick and you get Carolina's pick next year plus two seconds, I think it's a home run. And by all accounts, from what I've heard and read about in the Chicago, you know, because I'm tied, you know, I'm plugged into the Chicago news. Uh, it was, they wanted to give Chicago a first in 2025. And Chicago said, no, we need DJ Moore. And uh, there you go. They held firm on what they wanted. And great move for the Bears. Great move for Justin Fields. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think Justin Fields is going to, elevate DJ more a little bit more than you guys think, but we can disagree there. Um, a great move for the bears. So you really think DJ Moore 
is you guys are not as high like where should he be going in like uh is he like a third round redraft pick or what's his value right now single qb i i would say where where dj uh, while matt looks it up uh, <laughs> I, I would say because while i was doing um, a million underdog slow drafts where DJ Moore was going when those slow drafts started a few days ago was fair enough. And I, I don't have any DJ Moore exposure yet. And now I'm probably not going to have any for a while now because he his ADP moved up a few spots. And now it's clearly too much for me because the market thinks that DJ Moore's situation improved. And I definitely don't think it improved by half a round or however much he's moved. So he was the wide receiver 33 in fantasy points per game last year. Currently, as it stands on underdog, he is the wide receiver 21. So I'm out at that price being yeah. above Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, uh, even Drake London. That's a close one. But out at that price, I think he's going to get a better target quality rating. He's going to get more catchable targets than he did last year with Sam Darnold. So the efficiency is going to tick up. I just don't think we're going to see any a significant volume change. So really, we're we're just betting on more efficient production out of DJ Moore. And while I think it's a reasonable take, I don't know if it's necessarily the smartest bet given what we've experienced. Mm-hmm. And e- echoing yeah. that, like the wide receiver twenty one is a little bit for when you look at where he finished last year versus who he's got this year. Um, I think it'll take some time for him to really put up those huge numbers that everyone thinks that he might put up in that offense. He might have a game or two where he scores a touchdown or two, puts up a hundred yards here and there, but ultimately over the course of the season, at least in redraft leagues, I'm out on him at that mid to late uh, wide receiver two range. If he starts going in that uh, early wide receiver three range around wide receiver 25 to 30, I think is where I'd start taking him. But where he's going right now, um, I probably wouldn't uh, take him in that spot. Yeah, and just because you know you can't accuse me accuse me of being a homer because I'm gonna. I, I think I I'm you know we haven't seen it yet from DJ Morris on a fantasy points per game basis. Like the last three seasons, number thirty three in fantasy points per game last year, number twenty three in fantasy points per game in twenty twenty one, number twenty eight in fantasy points per game in 2020. So he's gotten a hundred targets over a hundred targets in each of those seasons. So you could probably chalk that up to poor quarterback play. And now you just, we just have to figure out how much target share is he going to get is Justin Fields going to elevate him. I think you can make a case for that, but at wide receiver 21, that's, you know, that's, that is a bit pricey. So I'll reluctantly agree with you. Off the top, at the risk of being of forgetting somebody while thinking off the top of my head, Darnell Mooney might be the the biggest target competition or target competitor that he's had in a in a receiving core his entire career. I mean, I mean, Mooney was was near a twenty three percent target share um, in twenty twenty one. You know, he had a, his injury in twenty twenty two, but uh, so and it, even if this offense improves. He's got a. I, I would assume Mooney's going to take a, a step back, but there's a lot of variables at play for DJ Moore. And just to close the 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 conversation on the Panthers side of it, uh, Matt touched on uh, two things that uh, I probably wanted to mention. So 
I was trying to get through this without talking about uh, the Panthers wide receiver room, because as it stands right now, um, LaVisca Chenault and Terrace Marshall Jr., um, who I, I spent legitimately 10 minutes deciding which of those two receivers I was going to make my truther for my staff bios. Um, mm. So I, I'll, I'll just say that um, I not lost hope on Terrace Marshall. His name will be mentioned later on in a, in a different context tonight. Um, and the other thing is Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud. Uh, Matt mentioned, uh, will CJ Stroud play this year? And going back to the, the discussion we had uh, when Cody was on, of those two quarterbacks, which one absolutely needs to sit one year? Anthony Richardson, just saying. Yeah. If the, Pan- if the Panthers take Anthony Richardson with this core, I mean, they are, uh, yeah, there's. Just just to tie it back to, to, <laughs> to, to some of the line movement, perhaps some of that line movement was maybe related to Andy Dalton starting the full year. I don't know. You didn't hear it from me. That would be intriguing. That would have me intrigued if that's, anyway. I think we have, I think we have an unpleasant topic to talk about next. I was just about to say, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he he came out of his darkness retreat, apparently made a decision right away and held it very close to his chest. Uh, That's, that's very perfect Aaron Rodgers. He didn't want anyone to leak it. He wanted to have control of his destiny and live on the Pat McAfee show, he announced his intention to play in the upcoming season for the New York Jets. So Aaron Rodgers will be traded. So we'll start with Aditya. What does this mean for fantasy football, for Jets players, for Packers players? And the big question everybody's asking now, are the Jets Super Bowl contenders? So start things off, Aaron Rodgers today, Pat McAfee show announces it. Um, I think I saw a tweet from, I think it was a front office sports Twitter account that said there are more people watching the Pat McAfee show than an average <laughs> NHL hockey game. Aww. So he he knew what he was doing. It was like LeBron-esque with the decision, taking his talents to New York. Um, I think those primary Jets weapons, Brees Hall definitely gets elevated. Garrett Wilson for sure gets elevated. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a piece, sophomore projections on Garrett Wilson, saying he's definitely going to get a QB upgrade because I don't see how the Jets QB situation would have gotten worse from what he had last year so the time to buy him was before today and now today with Aaron Rodgers announcing that he's probably going to be a Jet next season Garrett Wilson's value for Dynasty especially is skyrocketing so he's definitely going to see more quality targets he got um he got a lot of volume when compared to those other Jets targets last season so I think he's definitely on the up and up Elijah Moore is not so much. I think um, Alan Lazard just signed with the Jets and uh, with Aaron Rodgers there, he's going to target Alan Lazard. There's those rumors about um, Aaron Rodgers having a list of like Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, all that stuff, which I guess he said to Adam Schefter to lose his number and all that. So we'll see how that goes. But I think the primary target there is Garrett Wilson with Alan Lazard fall following right behind there and Brees Hall gets that boost as well um in those pass catching and well, running the ball maybe you see some play action as well in terms of the Packers um Jordan Love that new quarterback we haven't seen a whole lot of him but we have seen him from time to time start a game here and there and throw the ball decently well 
I I think Christian Watson gets a little bit of a reduction in his value there. Um, And the other guys in that Packers wide receiver room aren't really all that fantasy relevant anyways. So you're looking at a fantasy room where you're targeting Aaron Jones probably and Aaron Dillon in those later rounds, sorry, AJ Dillon in those later rounds and Christian Watson as well. But anybody besides those three, you're probably not targeting in that Green Bay area. I think you pretty pretty much summed up um, everything I was going to say. Cliff Notes version, Brees Hall, as much as I love Aaron Jones, I've been tooting the Aaron Jones as the most underrated running back in football train for a while. Uh, Brees Hall is better. Um, He has, in college, he caught passes. He had an athletic profile similar to Jonathan Taylor. Um, Aaron Jones consistently had a 10% uh, and up target share, often reaching 15% target share with Aaron Rodgers. Brees Hall can do that, if not even better, with Aaron Rodgers aging a little more. Garrett Wilson's still Garrett Wilson. Um, He put up 1,000 yards with uh, the Jets calling me at quarterback every other week. Um, So with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, no matter how much we all hate him, um, Garrett Wilson, up, up, up. Um, poor Elijah Moore. Uh, I still think he's uh, he has a place in the NFL, even though some people don't out of grudge. Um, but it's in Green Bay, that's where his place is. Yeah, somewhere not New York. Um, and uh, with regards to the Packers, uh, I actually received two separate questions about dynasty offers relating to AJ Dillon. And I will stand by my statement that I've repeated several times on the show is I prefer not to actively target bad players, which AJ Dillon is. Um, I am drafting all the Aaron Jones possible because right now on underdog, I believe he's being drafted as the RB 19, 18, 18, 18. 18. Nice. I pushed him up. Uh, I'm drafting all the Aaron Jones at that price. That is disrespectful. Oh boy. Talk about him. Jeff. Um, well, I, I think most people know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, and uh, it hasn't changed much. And I will say that I think I'm most excited for Brees Hall. I think I think that is the player that I'm very excited to draft. However, we do have to remember that Aaron Rodgers, and I, I think it was an Aaron Rodgers thing, but it could have been a Green Bay thing. I don't know. Number 31 in pace of play, which is not ideal. But if Rodgers can get back some of his efficiency that he lost last year, then that's a good thing for Garrett Wilson, for sure. That's a good thing for Brees Hall. And people forget that Brees Hall was on an RB1 track last year before he got injured. He was breaking out before our eyes. And unfortunately, he got injured. And he's a young guy which means he likely can recover from that injury quickly. And I think he can. And I, you know, I think he's in that, that conversation. I know we're real high on on, uh, Saquon Barkley. We took him uh, in the first round of our big board draft that we did on this channel. So really, but I think he's in that conversation of a guy who could be the RB one. I know it's going to be tough coming off an injury, but if there's anybody that can do it, like Brees Hall. So to focus on the positive, right? So I'm, going to try to focus on the positive uh, in this episode today. It's great for Brees Hall. It's great for Garrett Wilson. I feel so bad for Elijah Moore. Uh, He's the most talented receiver in the NFL that likely isn't going to get the opportunity he deserves. Maybe they'll trade him. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I 
to speak on how this decision was made, I mean, it's just typical Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's a very look at me move and it's whatever. I mean, I've been just been watching the guy kick the shit out of the bears for the last, uh, you know, 10 years. So it's, he, he's good. He, he's been good and we'll see if he can be as good for our fantasy teams. in uh, in 2023, there's certainly, he certainly can't be worse than uh, Zach Wilson. That's for sure. This is the second time we've talked second week in a row. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers, where pace of play has been mentioned as a as a negative. Like Ugh, Aaron Rodgers plays so slow. He played slower in 2020 and 2021 when he scored eighth in fantasy points per game and fourth in fantasy points per game and propped up Devontae Adams in both of those seasons. I'm not necessarily worried about that. I truly think that we let one season, and I hate this because it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not trying to hype up Aaron Rodgers, but I'm listening to so many people push the cliff narrative when, you know, 39, not that old, you know, Brady played till 45. I think, I think Rodgers has some stuff left in the tank. But the main takeaways were hit. This is a this is the massive dub for Brees Hall. Uh, just to throw some stats, Aaron Jones had a 12% target share every year since 2019. And Green Bay has had at least three team red zone drive or red zone appearances per game. And Aaron Jones has had 38, 47, 44, and 44 red zone touches since 2019, the last two seasons with AJ Dillon. So there's a ton of high value touches coming towards Brees Hall's plate. And I think even coming off an injury, look, I know we have a bold prediction section later, but people keep saying if there's anyone who can come off this injury and dominate the next season, like AP, it's Brees Hall and he's going to do it. He's currently RB8 in, in ADP. And I think that's four spots too low. I think he's a top five back. I, I concur with drafting Brees Hall at RB8. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, RB, yeah, yeah. We're, we're drafting at RB8. We're not drafting yeah. at RB4. Right? We're, just yeah. dra- we're drafting at RB8. I think it's good for Elijah Moore, though. We're, we're a lot of talk about, you know, like we're we're standing at his funeral or something. I really do think he's going to be traded. Uh, the the Packers receivers behind Christian Watson and, and Romeo Dobbs are, you know, the four of us, essentially. Um, we're, we're running out, out there, running out routes. So D- don't Packers... don't don't put me in the same conversation with that scrub Romeo Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually play physical. Yeah, that is on wrong to live on the airwaves said he was better what than a... Romeo Dobbs. We're clipping that. A... We're tagging him on Twitter. Man, I tell you, if I'm Carolina and I need weapons for my quarterback that I'm going to draft, I mean, what's your f- first phone call be to uh, New York Jets? Try to get yourself Elijah Moore. I mean, I would, it just depends if there's any, you know, sort of narrative about any sort of locker room presence or bad attitude or anything like that. That's, that's floating around that might cause teams to, to not want him. but I certainly yeah. would be. Yeah, I, 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 my dream is for Elijah Moore to show some bad attitude so he can get out of that uh, situation. <laughs> It'll become a problem. It's worked yeah. for a lot of receivers. Antonio Brown literally acted a fool his way out of Las Vegas. And Devontae Adams is thinking about doing the same thing. Speaking of of the Packers, we haven't addressed comments yet, but I I think now is a good time to address this comment that says, Dylan, a bad player, what blasphemy is this? A.J. Dylan last year, number 42 in true yards per carry. 42! There are 32 teams in the NFL. 42 in true yards per carry, number 18 in juke rate. He doesn't 
21 stuff runs with the amount of opportunity he got. He doesn't break tackles. He doesn't juke anybody. What does he do? I, I, I that's, a, that's a legitimate question. What does he do? Well, I mean, he sounds perfect for uh, Washington. You know, like they just put him with uh, Brian Robinson and then just run the wishbone. And <laughs> well, that's Ron Rivera's uh, dream, I think, is just to do that. Anyway, uh, other chat mentions uh, Emmanuel Mosley to the Detroit Lions per Nicholas mm-hmm. McElroy. Uh, we got Fantasy Football Garage in here. We have I have NYC no idea what this eight, means. Six, Seven, your apparent your slips or your cooking. I haven't hit anything clips. yet. What are you you're talking cooking about? Them. I don't know, you're but cooking. you're cooking them. You're cooking them. <laughs> yes. He said you're, that it's, a hard cook. It's Come not on. done yet. It's not, you're not, <laughs> it's still cooking. You're still cooking it. All right. Uh, we don't have 500,000 pe- people in this live stream. I don't think. Was uh, Pat that McAfee. Yeah, that must have been Aaron. Which I have to, what I have to say to that is uh, who cares? Uh, who cares? Nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. All right. The, congratulations, New York. We haven't talked about this from a football perspective, but you, you congrat. You're like what? How second in the division now? At best, third maybe. It's a tough division. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on maybe making the playoffs, and then getting bounced in the first round, which is what Aaron Rodgers is good for. All right, uh, Senor f- Football. Uh, do, 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 do. this is the correct take. Mm. They're they're playoff uh, ready. Yeah. They'll fight for it. It won't be easy. They could make the playoffs. I think they will make the playoffs. There are going to be three playoff teams in that division, and of course, my me and Matt, our team, our team is not one of them. <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be three playoff teams in that division, but no, they are not winning a Super Bowl. You, you got to consider it's it's still the same conference with uh, Josh Allen and the Bills, um, Lamar Jackson if he comes back to the Ravens and is healthy, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You still got to go through those teams. So and Joe Burrow, yeah, and Joe Chargers. Burrow, right, right. Yeah, Almost the Bengals. Forgot. We'll talk more about the Bengals later. The Bengals are still sitting on about thirty million in cap space. They haven't really done much yet, so they could. They could add some impact players here. All right. Speaking of free agency, it's begun. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but free agency has started. So, Ahan, uh, what team helped themselves the most so far? It, it's surprising that, the, you know, you said the wide receiver class wasn't that good, um, which is true. It's outside of Jacoby Myers and and Juju. There's really no, no above average talent. Um, and even Juju calling Juju above average um, can be up for debate. Uh, I'll go with a, a slightly warm take here because um, they haven't done much, but I think both the major things they did help their team. Uh, the Cowboys uh, cut ties with Zeke Elliott, and that makes me extra happy because uh, last night um, I made a dynasty trade where I traded away Zeke Elliott and a third round pick in 2023 for Hunter Renfro and and Terrace Marshall, and that was a little bit. People in the league were were debating about what what the hell was going on there. Uh, I woke up this morning. Yes, I woke up quite late. I'm sick, um, but I woke up this morning and saw that Zeke is not on the Cowboys. And this is it. My that trade was my statement that Zeke Elliott is no longer a starter in this league, and that take is very much alive. Uh, and then, of course, the Cowboys added Stephon Gilmore. Uh, you could argue that the Cowboys' worst. Um, 
worst feature last year was their secondary. You know, you could say it's the weapons outside of CD. You could say it's their secondary. But uh, both Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown were getting cooked um, day 24-7. Uh, and that's and the Cowboys, I think, are a legitimate, especially with what's going on with the Eagles, legitimate contender for the division. And dare I say, for the first time in my lifetime, um, on a path where they could be a Super Bowl contender. So I'll, I'll say the Cowboys. And outside of the Jets, of course, with Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, and Quincy Williams, the linebacker on a cheap deal, I'm going with the Detroit Lions, I think, helped themselves a lot in this free agency. And a lot of it coming on that back end, the cornerback position, uh, someone in the chat mentioned Emmanuel Mosley, and they also got Cam Sutton. Uh, those DBs, um, they did lose like Deshaun Elliott, the safety today. So we'll see what they do at that safety position going forward. But they added a couple of really nice cornerbacks that will help um, round out that secondary a little bit. Maybe they'll draft someone in those rounds too. I don't know if they'll go at number six anymore with those additions, but um, that secondary was a weakness last year and the year before that. So helping shore that out a little bit definitely helps to catch up with that Ben Johnson offense. And they also added David Montgomery from the bears, which um, I know Ahan, you mentioned AJ Dillon was uh, really low on that true yards per carry. David Montgomery was number 50 in true yards per carry, but for what Detroit wants to do with their running backs, I think he's a good fit. Um, He got, I think it was, let me see here. 37 red zone touches last season with the Bears. I think that increases. So for those fantasy purposes, you don't have Justin Fields taking those red zone carries to the end zone anymore. You have Jared Goff, who's not doing the same thing. So David Montgomery is going to fill that purpose that the Lions want to use him for. We'll see what that means for DeAndre Swift. Probably not what fantasy owners want to see DeAndre Swift compete with, but um, the Lions definitely rounding out that secondary and then adding that uh, second running back to help shore up that offense a little bit. Yeah, the Lions said we're going to stay competitive and and we trust that we can keep a lot of this roster that we took into into last year and we can run it back essentially and you know we can compete to win this division and and go to the playoffs. So I like what the Lions are doing there. I like what they're building. Uh, they got to be probably going out to get a safety, letting their starting safety walk on a cheap contract. Uh, I think the Falcons have. Sneak the the trade the Janu trade just throws everything off because that was that was an interesting decision all around. But the Falcons leading the charge by bolstering their offensive line and investing in the premium positions was something that took me a little bit by surprise. And I do like to see they're obviously committing to the run, but they understand that the quarterback market sucks. There's I, I mean. Is a guy like Taylor Heineke really that much of an upgrade over Desmond Ritter? They they think not. I think we can all agree that it's probably a coin flip. And, you know, there, there's a potential for them to move up in the draft or still get a quarterback anyway. So I like what the Falcons have done. They've kind of stayed put on some of the, the markets that we want to avoid this year. They've invested in the premium positions. They're setting up their team to eventually be able to insert a franchise quarterback and start to take off. So I like that. The Ravens so far, surprisingly, they end up on the list of people who have helped themselves because they have successfully kept teams away from submitting an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. And it makes sense. Uh, we, When it first happened, a lot of the 
lot of the noise was a trade is imminent. You know, someone's going to make an offer sheet quickly. And then a lot of the analysis came in that made a lot of sense, which was teams have to go five days without making any free agent moves. That's a tall task. Plus money has to be an escrow for the owners. So there was a lot around this Lamar Jackson situation that made it a lot tougher for him to be moved right away. So for now, they've helped themselves by keeping Lamar Jackson on their team and keeping this core together that made the playoffs last year. The only problem is Lamar Jackson will not be a Raven to start this season no matter what. All right, Seth, talk about the Bears. Yeah, you said it, man. The Chicago Bears, I mean, we talked about the number one pick overall, but that doesn't count for free agency. But a lot of people actually uh, in the Bears circles were kind of upset that they signed two off-the-ball linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. And uh, and I even heard some people talking about, oh, like, why don't you? Why didn't they just sign Roquan Smith? And you know these these people. You know, there's even some uh, piece of this. I mean, that uh, I don't. I mean, I'm not in the the building. I don't know what's a scheme fit for these guys, right? Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds is a lengthier player, and from what I understand about the cover two system that Eberflus likes to run, they like the linebackers to get depth and to get long and to disrupt those passing lanes so it just seems like Edmonds was a better fit for them and also you know they got him cheaper they they got Edmonds and TJ Edwards in a second round pick and they're only paying those two guys four million more than the Rave than the Ravens are paying uh Roquan Smith so I I think that's a win I think those are especially Tremaine Edmonds is a, a really really good player and I and I see this in the chat. I like Sanborn. If he's Sanborn's your third linebacker, that's a that's a heck of a third linebacker to have. I think Sanborn's still going to play a a key a key piece or a key uh, role on this team. I still think he's a key piece. Um, I thought like I don't know if it's a win, but I thought what the Chiefs did was interesting. You know they they are not going to sign Orlando Brown. They signed Juwan Taylor to. Uh, a right tackle to play left tackle, kind of what they did with Orlando Brown to save some money. It's going to, you know, it, and it, and it fits what they do really well. Cause from what I understand, he's a really good pass blocker, which is what the chiefs like to do, but he's not so good of a run blocker. Uh, so I think that's a good fit for them too. And I think it's pretty savvy for one of the more savvy front offices that are retooling. I mean, they still have a lot of holes to fill the chiefs uh, from their super bowl, from their Super Bowl win, just like they did last year. So we'll see. A lot of that's probably going to come in the draft. But now it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Lamar Jackson to just round out this uh, diatribe that I'm on. And I really, really think that it makes a lot of sense. And I think the Detroit Lions are in a great spot. We're in this process of flipping the division. We are. You know, I'll mention it for the fifth time in a row on this show. The NFC North is about to be flipped, just like Joanna and Chip. Chip, you're gonna flip it. Um, they're gonna flip it, <laughs> but just like a house. Uh, I'll. Uh, they don't I'll flip houses. What they is don't? this? No. They do a lot of stuff, like they cook and. Stuff. They're like you know your dream home renovation. You're thinking of flipping um, the flop. Yeah, they're flipping the it. Common, anyway, the no, they're flipping it. it. The division's getting flipped. Detroit and the Bears, I think, are gonna be good like i think the bears borderline playoff team detroit i mean they're in a great spot they're in a great spot they've done a, so much 
to improve their team. And I think they could top it all off by going out and getting Lamar Jackson. So we talk, when we talk about the teams that, that have been very active at the start of the free agency period, which teams still have a lot of work to do? We mentioned that the Bengals have 30 million cap space. So Adia, what, what is your team or teams that haven't done enough yet to start the free agency period? Yeah, just like you said, the Bengals. I was looking at what they were doing in free agency earlier today. All they've really done is re-sign Jermaine Pratt. They've lost Maje Pirine, um, who was a really good back for them when Joe Mixon was out. They've lost both Jesse Bates and Von Bell, who I thought they would at least match the contracts for one of those safeties, but they let both of them walk. And they also lost Hayden Hurst, who was an okay tight end, but it's another weapon that's walked. So it's going to be interesting to see. They still have all this cap space, but they really haven't done all those moves uh, in free agency. So definitely at that safety position uh, in the secondary in general, they need help offensive line for sure and then maybe some depth tight end and running back and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Joe Mixon especially I know there are rumors will Joe Mixon return will he get cut Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they tackle that running back position because if they end up cutting Joe Mixon then maybe they look for a guy like Bijan or Jameer Gibbs in in the NFL draft to replace that production because uh, Joe Burrow used that kind of outlet um, pass catching back a lot between Mixon and Pirine. So definitely someone that um, the Bengals need to look at in that position for Joe Burrow for sure. And that offensive line definitely, definitely need to look at some guys there. Um, it's the Bengals got to get on it. They haven't really done anything. We'll see any, any signings that they do. They have the cap space and saving it for something, I guess. So we'll see how it goes. Bengals are a really good answer, and I, I view them as a Super Bowl contender, even as they stand right now. Um, so given all this cap space, you can do something with it and put yourself at the, the Chiefs level. And I think the Chiefs will always be, as long as Mahomes is a quarterback, they'll be considered one of the top, if not the contender. Um, but you can put yourself above that level as a roster um, if you do something with that cap space. So that's a good answer. Um I figured you'd say something about the Ravens. Um, I I won't step on that situation too much because we've talked about it a lot recently. I'll give a slightly warmer answer, and maybe this is in conflict with what Seth just said, but I'm surprised the Chiefs haven't been very active um, besides just the the whole uh, offensive line situation. They were number 20 last season in pass DVOA as a defense, number 15 in pass rush win rate despite having Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Uh, So... I view the, the the Chiefs as a team that could be worse if they stay idle, and I've seen it happen way too often in pretty much every sport where a team wins a championship and they do nothing to significantly improve their team, and then teams make adjustments, and then they disappoint and don't win a playoff game. And you can have Patrick Mahomes. You will always have a chance to score 50 in a game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, but you can lose a shootout in the playoffs to Josh Allen or Joe Burrow pretty easily if you don't improve on that on that uh on that team and the Chiefs have the ability to do this and you see like what the 49ers just did they i mean imagine facing that 49ers defense with Javon Hargrave like that is a nightmare and you want to create that sort of nightmare situation where the Chiefs suddenly become a top 10 defense and all of a sudden they look unbeatable 
And I figured they would get more active on that, and they haven't. So that surprised me. Yeah, just to speak on the Chiefs, now they have um, quite a quite a few draft picks, um, uh, including like three or four compensatory picks. So they're likely. I mean, that's probably a part of their plan too. But I agree that the one they made the one major move, but they you know there's still there's still a lot of moves to make, and so we'll see. But I I was surprised that the Bengals haven't done as much. Uh, as I thought they would have, uh, Aditya, I'll, I'll agree with you there. But another AFC West team, as I'm, you know, just looking, the AFC West has kind of been weird. You know, like we have all the, what's going on with Las Vegas, and they signed Jimmy G, and they signed Jacoby Myers, and they trade away Darren Waller, and it's like, what, what are, what's going on there? And, you know, they, they have a lot of other signings too, a lot, a lot of minor signings. But I'm looking at, the Los Angeles chargers and they really haven't done much either. I mean, Trey Pipkins on a three year, $21 million deal. They signed Eric Kendricks, a linebacker, but outside of that, and I see maybe that they're interested in taking Bijan. I don't know. We have a question about Bijan in the chat that we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but those are just, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that some of the, of what those AFC West teams are doing, because uh, I'll agree with you, Ahan, that the Chiefs haven't made many moves, but they did make one impact move to fill that uh, left tackle spot, which is really, really important. They still have to fill the right tackle spot because Andrew Wiley went to uh, Washington. But those are a few that I have. What about you? What say you, uh, Mr. Babbage? Yeah, a couple of teams we've already kind of talked about a little bit already. So the Packers have done absolutely nothing. They signed an uh, they signed a center, Jake Hansen, who is not a starter. They re-signed him after drafting him in the sixth round in 2020. Uh, and then they signed a cornerback, Keyshawn Nixon. And that is the final summary of their current moves so far. So their entire free agency right now depends on this deal with the New York Jets, which the New York Jets, I'm just thinking about this now. The New York Jets are able to make moves. They've been making moves. They signed Lazard. The Packers seem like they're pretty tied up besides restructuring contracts. Has this whole decision all been to screw over the Green Bay front office and not give them any wiggle room to do anything during the free agency period? I'm just I'm just hypothesizing. Uh, mm. Regardless of where it stems from, they're not doing themselves any favors by not making any moves. This team is set to dare I say, finish last in the division next year. Won't that be a sight for Seth to see? Little, little flood Peru in the, in the NFC North. And speaking, yeah. speaking of former powerhouses that are going to end up at the bottom of their division, I have to talk about my, my team, Hans' team, the thumbnail of this YouTube video. The Patriots have been very stagnant, all things considered. A lot have been some uninspiring re-signings. Not that they're bad, but it's it's just kind of what we're used to now. We see some mediocre re-signings. We overpay a player or two. That's our offseason. And Juju Smith-Schuster is not even a lateral move from Jacoby Myers. He is a downgrade, and we'll see that when Juju gets inserted into an anemic offense. He was barely worth it in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes in that passing offense. It could be disastrous for Juju in this Patriots offense. The Jacoby Myers situation was incredibly mishandled. Jacoby Myers tweeted, cold world, LOL, 
in response to Juju Smith-Schuster's contract with the Patriots, which pretty much insinuates, since they were about the exact same value, that either the Patriots the Patriots must have lowballed the crap out of them, or the the less likely scenario they just didn't want him back at all. So for them to lowball pretty much the only bright spot of their offense for the past couple of years that wasn't a running back and just continuing to misevaluate wide receivers continuing bill belichick is losing his grip on reality the 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 time has come to an end and i am counting down the days until this organization is wiped clean wow Wow. Do you think it has, uh, to be, it has to be done once your team enters this stagnant period, you can tell, and you're in a, you're in purgatory until there is a new front office that comes in for, for family run organizations like the Kraft family and, and the new England Patriots. It's a lot harder to envision a, a complete revamp of that organization, but it, it, it will happen eventually. It's tough to say, but I mean, can anyone say that Bill has been has been making good decisions since, I mean, really 2019? Yeah, um, it's it's probably it's such an awkward situation because he he's brought the organization so much so so much success exactly with uh, with Tom Brady. So they'll if if he does go, you know, they'll they'll play it out like a mutual parting of the ways, you know, and then he'll be on to do whatever he wants to do next, which I'm sure he'll have other opportunities, but who knows when that's going to happen because he's by all accounts a football junkie just like Andy Reid, so he probably would coach until the day he dies if they let him, you know what I mean? Uh but yeah, it I it, and he's still the general manager there, right? I mean, he's still in charge of making Correct. those personnel decisions. So it's something that has been true for a long time. You go working in collaboration with a general manager, like these have to be two separate jobs, right? <laughs> like We have to have one person picking the players and another person, uh, you know, running the, t- you know, coaching the team. Gone are the days where, you know, the Bill Parcells quote, like, if you want me to cook, I got to pick some of the groceries, you know, I, that's true to a certain extent, but in today's NFL, those are two separate jobs. And we are going to address this question in the chat. What do you guys think? Cowboys take Bijan? Uh, I can't. Will say they I'm or surprised. should? Will they or should they? I Maybe. wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. I don't. I don't think so. They should not. It's been a prediction on this show. They could. Uh, yeah. yeah, they shouldn't, but I wouldn't pa- I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones. Yeah, they definitely should not. They definitely should not. They should uh, you know try to help out their defense probably or you know offensive line, some some key position to help out Dak Prescott. Uh, but they who knows. It's like we said, it's Jerry Jones. Um so let's talk about this next as I and then I, I'm gonna have an opportunity to bring up some of the chat questions in the chat. Uh, which position market in free agency has been the most surprising? Either, you know, I guess, you know, wide receiver, it took a while to get going and it got going in the last couple of days. Uh, what do you think of the prices for different positions, Ahan? What market has been the most surprising so far? Not necessarily the 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 market itself, but just the entire position of running back pretty much has surprised me. Um, I did not think David Montgomery was going to 
land in Detroit and get the Jamal Williams role. Uh, the Jamal Williams going to the Saints thing that uh, somebody texted me right after that happened saying, what's the market on Alvin Kamara over under 0.5 touchdowns this season with the suspension possibly coming? Um, definitely interesting. Um, I think that's a good situation for Jamal Williams, if I didn't make that uh, clear already. Samaje Pirine goes to the Broncos. It's just wild what the Broncos have done at running back over the last several months. Uh, Jeff Wilson stays in Miami and Raheem Mostert stays in Miami, which is very interesting to me because um, they were reportedly in contention for the, you know, the early Derrick Henry trade talks. And you'd think that they want, they want a running back because of uh, the, the Mike McDaniel um, heritage. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, Justice Hill special teams, man goes back to, to Baltimore. That was probably the least surprising thing that's happened at running back so far. Travis Homer is, replaces uh, David Montgomery. Does this mean Chicago is done at running back? I don't think so. Um, but if they are, then Khalil Herbert is the workhorse, but I don't think that's a realistic situation. I think he's very good in those spot starts, but I don't think he can be a workhorse for a full season. So I think the Bears draft a running back. Um, so that's going to be an interesting situation to watch. And then, of course, Rashad Penny to the Philadelphia Eagles. That was that was a move that made a lot of sense. Uh, they want to move on from Miles Sanders. Rashad Penny, when healthy, is better than Miles Sanders. Uh on the touches that he does get when he is on the field. Um, they keep Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. I know Jack Cavanaugh made a video about how this is, this is good for Kenneth Gainwell. He still gets a role in this offense and Rashad Penny. When we, when we do have uh, our injury finder all set, I'm sure he'll make an appearance up near the top there. Uh, so not bad news for Kenneth Gainwell, pro- probably a good buy low spot. And I like Rashad Penny and best ball. Both can be true. Um, this Philly Philly offense, I don't think they'll stop running the football altogether at all. Um, so that was interesting to me. And then to cap it all off, it happened this evening. Miles Sanders to Carolina. I'm not 100% sure what the Panthers are doing. Um, if they have a plan, I would love to know what it is. Um, but then that starts the whole rabbit hole of what are they doing with the number one overall pick, which we already discussed, so I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, that running back market is definitely crazy. Jamal Williams got a three-year contract from the Saints, which I thought was interesting. I thought for sure he'd be a one- or two-year deal kind of guy, but three-year contract, he's there with the Saints. They're doing something there with Derek Carr and all that. Um, Obviously, as Seth, you mentioned the wide receiver markets. Also, uh, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, and um, Juju all getting the same $11 million a year, which was interesting, but one market that I thought I thought was surprising that went by really fast was the linebacker market. And that's not necessarily something you look for for fantasy, maybe if you do IDP, but linebackers went off the board pretty quickly to start off with. Um, Quincy Williams on a nice cheap deal back to the Jets. I thought he definitely could have gotten more. The Bears obviously getting Tremaine Edmonds and uh, TJ Edwards. Um, those linebackers definitely came off the board quickly and I thought this kind of showed how NFL defenses are preparing and also how the NFL teams are kind of wising up to the fact that a premium position like the wide receiver position isn't that deep this year. So allocating money elsewhere on that defensive side of the ball, um, definitely seeing how that market is morphing in real time. Yeah. With, uh, with Jamal Williams, you know, Mickey Loomis, you can't, 
you can't void years and push off money that you don't have into the future if you don't sign a guy to a multi-year contract. So uh, when we look at it through that lens, it makes perfect sense. The, the, the Saints continue to build a roster that they cannot afford. Uh, Ahan mentioned the Bears. I got to clap it up for Ryan Poles. We talked about that a couple of times. They decided, hey, let's be honest. The one thing we love about Montgomery over Khalil Herbert is his pass blocking. Let's go and get Travis Homer for four and a half million dollars, and he can be our pass pro guy and our, you know, sometimes maybe our short yardage situation or a third down back, even, even though I'd rather have Khalil Herbert down. Khalil Herbert as my third down back, but I guarantee you we'll see him in, in, on some third down plays. I also believe the Bears will be selecting a running back in the draft. How about Kendra Miller? I think he's a guy who pretty similarly compares to David Montgomery from a size perspective. Uh, neither are ridiculously explosive, but they'll they'll run through you. And that's kind of what David Montgomery was really good at. So I could see Kendra Miller going to the Bears and there being a little one-two duo with Kendra and, and Khalil Herbert. But from a market perspective, it's not necessarily my expertise. This is the first year I really noticed that offensive line got prioritized right off the bat. Um, I believe the Falcons' large contract uh, that they put together was one of the first moves of the tampering period that everyone kind of got alerted to. So O-line's getting prioritized right away, and then it's not really a surprise, but the the running back and tight end market, we all knew it was going to be slow, and it's it's just as slow as expected. But, yeah, I think Ahan and Aditya, you know, summed it up well with running backs and, and linebackers really taking. Yeah, just to put a, a, a bow on it, I, I was kind of, I mean, not really surprised, but teams are prioritizing like the defensive line and offensive line, like you mentioned, Matt, the offensive line. I was shocked to see Mike McGlinchey get a five-year deal, $87.5 million from the Denver Broncos. I didn't really, I, the, that's somebody the Bears were interested in as well, but I'm sure that the Bears probably couldn't, didn't want to match that kind of offer. And I just was shocked. I thought for a guy like McGlinchey, who's I think in his 28 years old, getting a five-year deal uh, just seemed like an overpay, but Hey, to protect your quarterback, you know, teams know they have to build from the trenches and you saw it, you know, Hargrave's got a, you know, a big contract at 30, you know, going over to San Francisco, you know, they, if you view a player as the final piece to the puzzle, perhaps, I mean, Maybe you got to overpay. You got to outbid somebody else and get that guy in in your system, uh, in your uh, on your team. So and oh and and just I I cannot go this show without talking about David Montgomery. It was famously a prediction on this show that I thought he would be back with the Bears, and I do think it's smart. As much as I like David Montgomery, uh, watching him all those years with the Bears, as much as I like the guy, I I can see the smart play is to sign a guy that does a similar job for you for less money. You know, it's, it makes a lot of sense, but you know, the fan of in me doesn't necessarily like it, but I think David Montgomery is going to do good things in Detroit. I think he's going to fulfill that Jamal Williams role for them. And he's going to, you know, he's going to keep us frustrated with Deandre Swift is what he's going to do. So uh, it's uh, a good luck to David, but not too much luck because he's still in the division. All right. Is it that time? Oh, we have one more question. One more question. 
And I'll, I'll kick it to you, Ahan. What's one move that hasn't happened yet that should happen? I mean, I'll 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 stay semi spicy on this one. Uh, Matt um, already took care of half of what I was going to say for this segment, which was my little spiel to the Patriots, which pretty much word for word, bar for bar, was going to be what Matt said. So I'll I'll just finish that conversation uh, with this. This is the summary. <laughs> My message to Bill Belichick. It's my question for you, Mr. Belichick. Um, now, I, oh, Juju's been one of my favorite players ever since he entered the league. So if we're going to be in last place, might as well do it with one of my favorite players on the team. I'll buy myself a jersey and all that good stuff. But uh, this football team needs direction. And I, sh- I should bring up, it wasn't brought up, that Bill Belichick is 19 wins away from the all-time wins record. Just some context on maybe why he's sticking around, but at this rate, maybe it takes four years to get there. Um, so the the one move that's sort somewhat spicy, I wish Cody Carpentier was on the show today um, to defend this talk, but he mentioned Antonio Brown to the Cow- Antonio Brown to the Cowboys as one of his top five free agent landing predictions. Uh, and today, the other four resolved, and he went two for four on those predictions. And the fifth one remaining was Antonio Brown to the Cowboys. Cody's saying he went three for five. Just saying. Um, Antonio Brown to the Cowboys, this is my real answer. I think that should happen. Hopefully Antonio Brown has some brain cells remaining um, and can take care of, can take care of you know, whatever is going on in his life. Enough to play football. I want to see this man in the league. I posted a trivia today about Deontay Hardy, and I got some Antonio Brown guesses. Um, so just, just a good little flashback. I want to see Antonio Brown back in the league. The last time he played, he was still pretty solid at football. And I want to see that happen. I want to see him land on a team, but I'll go ahead and say it. He would be the wide receiver too on the Cowboys right now. It's gotta be the first time I've ever heard Deontay Hardy and Antonio Brown mentioned in the same sentence. (laughs) Top five and the Bills finally get their Antonio Brown there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's it. Yeah, for me, this this where I finally talk about my team, the Ravens. Um, of course, everyone uh, I want to see Lamar resign with them, but they're still far apart. Lamar wants that fully guaranteed contract, but the move I want to see them do is trade for a wide receiver, specifically one of the Broncos' wide receivers, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Yeah. I think either of those happens, you finally get Lamar. Like, hey, look, we've got this wide receiver here. We're doing a lot for you. Uh, we may not be able to get you fully uh, f- fully guaranteed here, but it looks like a, the entire market is out on giving him a fully guaranteed deal, except the, the Browns gave Deshaun Watson that deal. But um, they've been the Ravens' moves have been kind of reminiscent of opening up sort of that cap space for preparing for Lamar to play on the tag and then maybe tag next year extension down the road because – They've been restructuring contracts, adding void years, which the front office of the Ravens generally doesn't do. They're not a void years kind of kind of team. So there's that, and there's also their two moves have been re-signing Justice Hill, who's a special teams guy, and sometimes third downs in pass catching, and Trayvon Mullen, who they picked off waivers and is Lamar's first cousin. So they re-signed him. Um, so getting out and getting that uh, Cortland Sun or Jerry Judy from the Broncos, I think would be a really nice move for the Ravens to do. And one more bonus move. This is kind of unrealistic. I don't think this happens based on fit and all that stuff, but I think it would be really cool 
if the Bears, instead of drafting a running back, they go out and t- they take Austin Eckler off of the Chargers' hands. That's, that is a contract that is not that bad for the kind of player that Austin Eckler is. I think it's around $6 million. It's expiring, too, so if they want to re-sign him and keep him for Justin Fields longer past this year, that would be really interesting as well. So I don't know how realistic that is, but it would be really cool to see. That would be awesome. I would love that. But I'm I'm also not responsible, so we'll see. Those would be some incredible moves. Uh, I'm honestly looking – I would look forward to seeing all of those happen in real life. Uh, the one that I'm looking forward to, there, were some, there was some buzz today that literally made my heart just drop to my stomach. Hold on. There is some buzz about Dalton Schultz, but – Look at that tweet from Gerald Everett. He says, <laughs> simply blessed. He is he is out of there. He is no longer a charger. This is this is facts. And my my man, my truther, Mike Kosecki, <laughs> needs to go to the Los Angeles Chargers, set him free, and pair him with Howitzer Herbert. I've I've said it a million times. I'm not gonna drown everyone in the stats, but he has an incredible athletic profile. The Chargers desperately need a downfield threat. Even if that comes at tight end, I think they'll take it, including a, you know, a, a cheap deep threat receiver decoy like Gabe Davis. Um, so Mike Gusecki did the Chargers. He'd finally go into an offense that can utilize him, a pass first, pass off in offense. And he would replace Gerald Everett, who he's a good athlete, but He's he's not the, he's not exactly the perfect fit for that offense. I think Gusecki fits better. I think he'll he'd have the best fantasy season of his career, and I could finally be vindicated. And that's my that's my number one move to happen. Another one is another truth of mine. Although you know I can only pick one, so it was, it was Mike Gusecki. But Paris Campbell is a man I've I've been heavily in favor of what are you saying why what, what, what is this what is this paris campbell <laughs> needs to go yeah, apparently the carolina panthers have strong interest in paris campbell they have no receiver well they have two of ahan's favorite receivers actually but <laughs> they they still need someone to come into that offense i think paris campbell going to the Par- carolina panthers returning with Frank Reich and getting paired with Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. I know there's no connection between the two of them personally, but they both played Ohio State. Or Paris Campbell going to the Chargers as well to be their deep threat. I want Paris Campbell to go to a offense that is capable of utilizing him. I don't know if it's going to be in Indianapolis. They refuse to commit to him. It might be time. Unless Shane Strachan has, has talked to him and said something different. Uh, I want Paris Campbell to go somewhere where he's going to get the opportunity. I think I already said it, but I think Lamar Jackson, I know Aditya is still holding out hope that, you know, he resigns with Baltimore. And if I were a Ravens fan and if I were running the Ravens, I don't know, I I would try to sign your former MVP to a long-term deal. I would make that a priority. So I don't necessarily understand what's happening there. I think a lot of people are in the same boat, but I think, Lamar Jackson to the Detroit Lions is the thing, you know, the, the thing that needs to happen. It's what the universe deserves to happen. It's it's what Lamar Jackson deserves to happen to play with, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown and, you know, David Montgomery now and that ascending team. 
that is going to win the NFC North next year. So I I think that's the move I everybody's kind of waiting for to see where Lamar goes. But there, guys, just to kind of put this in perspective, there are a lot of free agents out there still. So if your team hasn't made a move yet, like the Bears are still sitting at $44 million in cap space. So these teams are being patient, you know, some of them, not all of them, kind of sitting back, evaluating different positions, you know, evaluating the market. I think that's a smart thing to do. So if you're, if the, like, you know, the Chiefs and, you know, we, it's only been going on for three days now. Free agency just kicked off today t- officially. Uh, so just, I think we're all excited about this and we should be, but there's still a lot of moves, a lot of critical moves to be made uh, for all these teams. And we have a very small piece of the puzzle. And I'm going to uh, now, if if you want to, Ahan, do you, we've been uh, we've been chatting in the private chat. I'm, I'm going to give you the mic if you want. So I'm going to pass you the mic. So here, here you go. I, mean, I told you I was... You're, you're, you're still the host. I mean, you can go through all the comments. No, I just wanted to say, about that one, I just wanted to say say one thing. No, because people are saying in the chat, this is a bad take. And, like, I, it's been it's been way too long since someone said I've had a bad take. And I produced them daily. So we need more pushback, <laughs> we need more pushback on, on yeah. takes. So I love that. Um, if you want to draft from a fancy perspective, or well, to answer this question, he was RB26 because he got, what, 20? 28 red zone touches, seven goal line carries because they were nursing the Aaron Jones injury and he punched some of those in for touchdowns. If you want to go chase those touchdowns that he got late in the year that got him to RB26, and if you want to draft him at RB34 ahead of Zach Charbonnet, ahead of Jamal Williams, ahead of David Montgomery, he's going to get those goal line touches in Detroit, please enter my draft room and do so. Um, That's all I'll say about that. Um, And we have... Uh, another one if uh hold on there's a lot of negativity in the chat tonight i mean there's Good. some positivity i going thrive on. off of it yeah put, so put we got, we got another comment. one yeah we yeah another one. good go i was ahead. gonna ask you to load it up go ahead we put don't it. hide from anything here on the writer's round table Nah, i'm not gonna get overly mad about it just because it's just simply not true it's one of those things where someone just has a thought in their head and they're like yeah this is facts and it's not um you can go look at the, you just look at the tape. Just search Mike Gasecki in YouTube. You'll see one-handed grabs. You'll see mossing people. You'll see taking big hits. Uh, he he had a, a catch where he took like a, a cartwheel and and like bruised a rib and then played in his – look at his yards per route run. What does that have to do with being soft? All right, we're, we're moving on. All right, hold on. Don't, cast your, don't cast your pearls, ladies and gentlemen. Don't cast the there This was an interesting question. I don't really know. Maybe you guys are smarter than me. And this is a uh, great question. Like, okay, so Kevon, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Kevin or Kevon, isn't a higher volume of free agency activ- activity largely a function of either a team that entered the offseason in worse shape than average or one that happens to have a disproportionate number of free agents? That is an intriguing question there. Yeah, I think uh, just to start off with, I think um, a team like the Bears that has a ton of cap space, they've obviously been active. A lot of the free agency activity that we see is teams that have that cap space and want 
to contend, but aren't necessarily that top tier of contention. Like the Bears aren't there yet. The Broncos, I don't think we're putting them up there with the Chiefs and Bills and Bengals quite yet. Um, And then we see teams that are like the Bengals that haven't spent that money that they have quite yet. So I think it's a lot of we see those teams that want to get to that next level are spending and spending that money and that free agency activities coming out in that way while there's smarter teams that maybe hang back and make quality free agent signings later um, and not necessarily make those big splash signings that win you those Super Bowls later on. Dalvin going to move? I think so. There's a lot of rumors. I think, I think Cody – didn't Cody tweet something about him being in the Boston airport or something? Oh, cry do you want to do you want to see me cry do you <laughs> want to check see, out i see real tears come out of my face if we <laughs> if the patriots get acquired dalvin cook i will cry live I, I, i'm i'm pretty sure he was joking but i will just say i won't name the, this uh, this person but i did see a picture of lamar jackson sitting in an airport and then someone posted on facebook i'm literally at logan right now like this morning and like I won't say the Twitter user who told me about this, but this is out there. So if we want to troll, you might as well troll correctly. So I'm sorry, Cody. You're not. You're not. You're not gonna. I'm familiar with their game. Hmm. Man. Uh. Man. Okay. There's so many from NYC. No, uh, we're not. We're. Yeah. Anyway. We're past it. Joey. Joey two times hit hit the nail on the head in the, uh, in the chat. That's exactly. It. That's pretty much what we were going for. Plus, if you if you click on the little year thing and then you change a year from 2022 to a different year when there was less target competition and Tyreek Hill wasn't in the offense and Skylar Thompson wasn't the quarterback, uh, his efficiency metrics are actually fairly pleasing. Nothing, nothing overly exciting, nothing astounding, but fairly pleasing. Yeah. And uh, there was another tight end. How old is Mike Kosicki? I'll just I'll help, try to help you out here. Mike Kosicki's 27. There's another. We don't tight need. End I mean, that broke out when he was 27 years old at a very similar athletic profile. What was his name again? It rhymes with um, Kelsey. Kelsey, that was the guy. Oh, anyway, I, yeah, he's not very good at all either. Um, so we will get you guys out of here with a bold prediction. All right. Uh, Ahan, what is your bold prediction for free agency, for life? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, my bold prediction is that uh, the passion in the chat uh, here on out to, for the entire offseason just is in ascending fashion. So I love the the passion at least. Now, for real though, um, <laughs> we we talked a little bit uh, about uh, the Chiefs, um, and they they did work a little bit on the offensive line, but I still I still think that they have. Um, the opportunity to work on their team a lot this offseason. Um, they have done some crazy things in recent drafts. They drafted Clyde edwards Lair round one. We have made enough of a mockery of that on this YouTube channel for years now. It's been years. Um, they have uh, drafted Sky Moore, got my hopes up about Sky Moore, gotten me to draft him in, uh, in rookie drafts and then not used him because he dropped like four punts. Um, So they've done some crazy things recently, but nothing as crazy as what they're going to do this offseason. For starters, they're going to pick up Zeke. Uh, And then in the draft, um, I see a lot of drafts 
they're working on their offensive line. They're working on their defense, as I think they should. But I made a tweet yesterday about Zach Charbonnet possibly being a charger. I think that's that would be that would make a lot of sense for every party involved. Uh, I'll make a similar prediction, but they just lost Kadarius Tony, and we drafted uh, in our best ball draft that we did on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, we drafted a rookie wide receiver um, that I was very high on because he does a lot of things right. The breakout finder, the, the ratings are now up. You can go download the app for $4.99 and draft the breakout ratings for 2023 prospects for running backs and wide receivers. And to my delight, the wide receiver that I was talking up a couple weeks ago was top five. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs will quote unquote reach on Rashi Rice and make him the wide re- the new wide receiver two of this offense. Interesting. I'm sticking with the Chiefs, but going another direction for what that wide receiver two is going to be. I think it's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. I think the Chiefs go out, they sign him. He's coming off several uh, injury seasons, and I think he tweeted out recently that it's finally offseason that he gets to work on his craft and not spend rehabbing. And I think they go out, get Odell on a um, not-too-expensive deal, um, seeing the wide receiver market, how it's floating around now, and Odell's still out there. So um, I know uh, Cody and Han, you guys have said uh, Antonio Brown to the Cowboys. Well, Odell Odell to the Chiefs, and we'll see him make some magic with Patrick Mahomes there. Um, maybe they still draft one if they go after Odell, but um, I don't see them taking a guy in the in on day one and day two if they get Odell because – um, we've seen Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl without like too flattering of a wide receiver core, so they don't necessarily need that that fantastic wide receiver one type guy on the roster. So they go get Odell, low risk, high reward for a reigning Super Bowl champion, and he goes out and gets his gets his ring that he wants maybe in the next year or two. That's that's definitely. Well, first of all, I think we got to backtrack a little bit. Did we? Did you two plug your stuff at all? Oh, all right. Well, we're gonna rewind. We're gonna give you two. This is your. This is your guys' show. This is your platform. Aditya, what do you got going on right now? Yeah, right now, um, I've been writing a sophomore projection series out on Player Profiler. Um, last one on Chris Olave is coming out soon. So. Check that out. I've had articles on Garrett Wilson, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, George Pickens, and Damian Pierce. Chris Olave is coming out soon. So check out how you should value those guys heading into their sophomore seasons. And then also on my Twitter at ADI underscore FUL, um, you'll see those articles come out and any future articles I work on as well with free agency going on and draft season full swing. I'll be looking at a lot of those um, player profiler um uh, player player profiles and um, tweeting out some of those blurbs and guys that are my guys going into the next season. And uh, for me, uh, like I said, the breakout finder just uh, came out and uh, um, working a little bit on some breakout finder content to uh, talk a little bit more about these rookies. And hopefully that'll be 
announced soon, but uh, get get excited to uh, talk some Breakout Finder. Um, I wrote an article recently about how to use the Breakout Finder, uh, why it may be useful, um, get you uh, to make decisions like drafting Christian Watson. Uh, if you want good ideas like that, you should, draft, uh, you should uh, download the Breakout Finder. And uh, we'll get some uh, betting content back to Player Profiler. The juice is coming back soon. There's going to be written content, um, video content, all that sort of stuff uh, for multiple sports coming to Player Profiler. So that's what I'm working on. I know Aditya is going to help with some Breakout Finder stuff too as well. He writes articles on all kinds of stuff. So you forgot to mention that, but yeah. Could you say the juice is about to be loose? Just gonna ignore that. Um, wow, somebody else took up the awkward uh, <laughs> thing. The awkward thing. I didn't have Matt, to do it this episode. That was I, a I, disgusting act by Matt Babbage, and it's unfortunate <laughs> we have that on our air. Well, I man, I don't even know what to do now. Uh, I had a whole thing, but no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, you guys really need to go to the the playerprofiler.com. And you need to go to the news and analysis section and find the work of all these guys that are writing for Player Profiler. Great work. Aditya mentioned his sophomore uh, analysis. Ahan just wrote a breakout finder guide. Like he, he mentioned the breakout finder. I have it on my phone. It's a fantastic app. You should go get it for five bucks. It's well worth the price, especially if you play in multiple, multiple dynasty leagues. So those are my plugs. Mr. Babbage, what are you doing? Are you doing anything these days? Well, uh, I think the two of us are cooking up some stuff behind the scenes for this podcast going forward. Maybe a little secondary, maybe a secondary location of listening, something about that. Uh, so stay tuned for some for some cool news about the roundtable in the, in the near future. Uh, as well as from the written form, I'll be helping out a little bit on the breakout finder side of things. I have a breakout finder article that I'll be putting together here in the next day or so, a few days. Um, and then, uh, just actually talked to the salary captain himself, Aaron Stewart yesterday. And, uh, you may be seeing my face a little bit more on the Roto Underworld TikTok and Instagram pages. So. Stay tuned. Ooh. Stay tuned for that. Uh, for a bold prediction, similarly to a DEI, I'm also going with Odell Beckham. I think Odell Beckham is going to return to a team in New York that is building a super team-ish. Not really a super team, more of a more of a win now team. They're they're setting their roster up to where they don't have much of a window, right before they have to reset. They're paying a lot of people a lot of money. Odell is going to return to a city or to a team in New York City. It's not the Jets. It's not Aaron Rodgers' wish list. But Odell Beckham Jr. is going to return to the New York Giants as they put together a win-now roster with an offense led by Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, and maybe a draft pick at wide receiver. James wow. Ro- James Robinson to the New England Patriots. Did that actually did that, did that actually happen? Two, two years, oh eight million dollars. Two years, eight million dollars. <laughs> yeah, you guys get another difference maker uh, there. Yep. Two years, eight mil. Oh wow. boy! And no, I'm not deleting any of my prior James Robinson tweets. So hold on, uh, what's the Patriots backfield look like? Pierre Strong still there? 
Ramadre, uh, Ramadre, Ramadre, and, and now just and, Harris is not going to resign. And yeah, and, and Kevin Robinson. Harris, Kevin Harris. So yeah, and then, yeah, and then he took those two running backs in the draft that we loved, and it's like, why, why are you doing? Damian Harris, why? you are a Baltimore Raven. Congratulations. Oh Lord. Damian. Well, what's I don't know. I don't know what the plan is, but I tell you, uh, yeah, you guys could could go over to this i think this is a there's a a full-on like knockdown drag out fight going in the chat right now and it would be great it would be it's a great conversation and we don't run away from anything but there's literally like i can't even keep up with it as i'm trying to pay attention Seth, uh, it's not so a great conversation what are you talking we, about i don't know i'm trying to give him some credit here i'm like we like we appreciate the disagreement we appreciate the conversation around it so long as it's yeah. In the in the best interest of everybody, just trying to get better at fantasy football, but yeah, go check out the Discord. Go talk to us there. It's a much more uh, we can have this back and forth. I can't just post like a million uh, comments anyway. But uh, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you so much to Aditya for coming on the show and Ahan for coming on the show for the 158th time. We appreciate every time that you come on. You're a, a true legend of the show. And, of course, Matt Babbage, uh, keeping me in line, as always. And for myself and for everybody here, I'm not going to forget to hit the end screen. All right? You can – anybody who bet that is is going to about to lose some money. It might take me a little bit to find it. All right? But I'm going to hit it right now. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great night.